0: What's up, everybody? This is the Betrayed, the Addicted, and the Expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the Expert.
1: And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the Betrayed.
0: And I'm Kobe, the Recovering Addict. What you're going to get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. Okay, let's get started. Um, I, before we start you know, on our topic, we just wanted to say um, just how much fun we're having doing this and um, we're so grateful for our audience, and yes. yeah, um, you know, we we kind of took a step back today and looked at it and just saw the content that has been created, and um, we we just really hope that we're helping people. That's our goal. That we're getting we're we're, we're getting really real and talking openly about these topics, and so. What, what we ask from our audience, from you guys, is to show your appreciation, is to just share our stuff with people. So whether it's our Facebook posts, our content on Facebook, whether it's our podcast, but, but just, just hit the, that share button and uh, show your appreciation that way.
1: So. And leave us a review on iTunes. I love that stuff. It's yeah. fun to read.
2: If you're listening right now, like that's the best way did you can help well, aside from sharing. I don't need it to be legitimized because
1: I think
0: it's really cool. <laughs> Is but that Spike talking? Could <laughs> <laughs> be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, leave
2: us for a review. Love to have that. That always helps. And um, anyways, let's just jump on in.
0: Okay. So uh, today we're talking about attachment after betrayal. And so I, that might sound kind of like therapy speak a little bit. Um, <laughs> yes. Let me explain <laughs> it. Um, really the confusion that happens after betrayal when it comes to wanting to connect with a spouse. And um, I, I wanted to talk about this today because as I as I meet with both men and women, um, it creates so much confusion. So let me explain. Um, you know, D-Day happens or, or disclosure happens, discovery of this betrayal, and um, it rocks a spouse's world. It, it changes everything about their reality and um, they go into a grieving process they can go into denial they go into anger they go into depression um, but just because the betrayal happened doesn't mean that they don't want connection with their spouse and it leads into this really confusing time of I hate you I, I want you away from me you're, you're disgusting pig who's hurt me like get away and I love you, and I want you close, and I don't want to lose you, and I'm scared that I'm going to lose you. And so let me try to draw you in and keep you close, but also push you away at the same time. That's
1: not a mind job. It is super confusing, <laughs> yeah. but it's yeah. real. I mean, yeah. I'm nodding my head through his description.
0: Yeah, and, and it's, it's confusing both for the betrayed and for the addicted. And so I just I, I wanted to talk about that, and uh, just kind of see what your guys' experience was. Also give some, some tools for couples to, to know how to navigate that time and how to start to create some, some actual safety in the relationship. So, um, like, Can I
2: ask just to, for clarification on this? This could be, this could be for people who, um, who have just started with disclosure, right? Like mm-hmm. just, just post-disclosure. Or this could be someone... Found out that their partner is looking at porn, or just discovered infidelity. But this also could be somebody who has um, a couple who's been in, who's been working recovery, been in therapy for months. Yeah.
0: So I mean, is that not? Is that not a yes. No. Yes, that is true, and that 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 push and pull. Um, it's not just the first week after discovery. Um, it can actually be years after, after you discover the betrayal. Now, if it's still going on years after, it means that, um, working recovery probably isn't happening on both sides. Um, but months after is normal. And, and even, you know, I, I see when, when a a man starts to get into recovery, Mm -hmm. um, she'll want, she'll like that. She'll want to get close to him, but it will terrify her at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so she'll, she'll be really uncomfortable that he's getting healthy.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and so that creates confusion for her as well. And that she wants him to, to fight for her and to be better and all of those things. Um, But, but at the same time, it's really scary for her.
1: And also to add to that, Brandon, I think when, you start to see behaviors change that you want. They're healthy changes. It's also scary because you're like, wait, like this, this is really our new norm, and mm-hmm. it's so, it's, it's changed so much.
2: You know, that the, kind of the only like the realization of the new norm, I think, is a, is is a really pivotal part of this because that could that also not instigate thoughts of like, I hate you. Like this is now our new life. Like, right.
1: Like, I had those I thoughts. Pay like, for therapy yeah all of our, so many days of the week are, you know, put towards this new life and it was super frustrating. But then we would have those really connecting moments and it was like, wait, but I love this. Like, look at what it's doing to us. And it was confusing. Right.
0: Like other weird things happen. If, if you both start working recovery, you'll find that you're connecting in ways that you never have because you're actually talking about real hard topics and, And so you're finding some intimacy because of therapy about a sex addiction. And so it's, it's confusing because it's like, you just hurt me. Now you're working recovery. We're talking about, you know, your shame and we're talking about what real connection is. And, and so I feel connected to you. I want to have sex with you. This is awesome. Get the heck away from me because (laughs) you just hurt me. (laughs) Right.
2: I'm just thinking about this. Like, I remember when you first started, um, I was doing a group once a week. I was going to SA once a week for the first nine months in national. You were doing a betrayal trauma group. Mm -hmm. And I remember you coming home just like wowed by the range of betrayal that took place there. So, in some ways, you're like, okay, I'm glad that Kobe, you you did X. Like, you, you, you cheated on me twice. But I'm glad it wasn't like this. So that was some, that was some parts of it was like, okay, it's not that bad. But then there were also parts where it was like, you came home and you're like, hey, guess what I learned about shame today? And mm-hmm. we had this conversation. I was like, oh, yeah, I learned about this um, on, on shame and how it manifested to me this weekend. So we would talk and share content. And that was like super cool. But then it was like, sweet. There's another, you know, however much it is for therapy we just paid. Plus, we got to shell out how much for the babysitter. And there goes date night. And it, like,
1: exactly and right. during all that is we were very private our family didn't know our friends didn't know it, we are not we were not who we, we are today <laughs> we were locked
0: down here. right right so so you were you're isolated in it
1: alone right oh. yeah totally um, I mean, there
2: were so many instances like that where it was like this is cool but it was all like
1: oh. yeah it's exactly i love you i hate you
0: yeah i i i was running a group this morning and uh, c- uh, the guys were relating and they' were saying one guy was sharing a story and he was saying you know I, like I'm, it's so confusing I go home and my wife is just pissed off at me like she she calls me names she she like treats me like dirt he was really playing the victim um, and but she's always just angry and no matter what I do I'll do something nice I'll do something well I'll try to empathize with her she just like hates it and um, and then all of a sudden, like, she's so appreciative and she's so nice, and she like, wants to get close to me, and she tells me how hard I'm working, my recovery, and, and the guys are like, they're mm-hmm. kind of relating. Yeah. Of, and the, and they're saying, "I don't know what I'll get when I get home." Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and what I try to and explain going to Right? It's Jekyll and Hyde, yeah. right? And what I try to explain to them is this push and pull is it, it's actually a good sign. It's not a bad thing because what, what she's saying is she's saying, I do want to be close to you. I'm just scared to be close to you. And if they can learn that instead of, instead of turn, you know, making her out to be crazy and reinforcing how just unhealthy she is, if they can take that and understand why she's doing this push and pull and truly empathize with it and hold that that space for her to be able to. If you go home, this is what I tell him. If you go home and she says, "I hate your guts," get out of my house. That's a great opportunity to connect to her. It's a really good opportunity to be safe and to connect to her. Okay,
2: so what does that look yeah, like? how does that happen, Brad? Well, <laughs> just I just love that you're her. always like, "This <laughs> <the best." laughs> <awesome. Like>, <laughs> like, is the best." That's awesome. The worst, Billy. I'm, really. <laughs> I'm just actually time traveling to the past of those same. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I don't even know what that looks like. How, how, do, I, how do I start the conversation? And so I think it's maybe what we can do is identify like a couple of statements that guys can deploy. Absolutely. Use in those moments when the wife's like, you mother lover, I hate your guts. Right.
0: Get out. So So a couple of things to understand before you start in on the questions is you might be coming home to a wife who um, went to a park that she knows that you were at with a mistress that day to, to meet a friend for lunch. And so she's just triggered because she went to that park and it's nothing that you really did that day, but she's in a hyper state of arousal emotionally. Right. Which she may or may not recognize as a trigger too. Right. She might not even know that that's why she's, she's just projecting all of this emotion onto you. Right. And, um, and so you get home, and out comes the, her emotion. And um, you, can, you can amp it up, or you can hold that space for her. So what are the questions that you can ask? I hate you. Get out of here. Let's say you're getting that from her. Um, first question I like, is... Seriously, I do not even know. <laughs> <laughs> I really do
2: not even know. And in truth, Ashlyn wasn't really
1: like that at all. I just didn't talk to you.
0: <laughs> well, and, and, and we're using anger as an example. There's other things too, like her laying on the bed depressed, shut down, not wanting to talk to you at all because she's just so shut down and, and yeah, it can't deal with her emotions, right? Now, the first thing I would say is don't jump into interrogation mode, into questions. Um, your energy needs to be one of, hey, I'm here for you and I love you. So you approach it in... The energy, in, not the dialogue. Yeah, your nonverbals, the energy that you bring needs to be one of like, oh my gosh, I can tell that you're feeling a lot right now and I'm happy to hear you. So really what you're
2: saying, Brandon, is when, when the dude is like on his way home, whether it's from leaving therapy going home or leaving the office and going home or coming home from the airport from a trip and going home, and the and there's unknowns as to how his partner's going to react it's best for him to just take a minute and just breathe and realize i have to i have to zen myself essentially like right in a really balanced i'm not going to
0: take it personal how she's going to behave i'm, I'm going to have my boundaries in place so that i can maintain my self-respect but i'm not going to take it personally and i'm ready to show up for her i'm ready to love her and to give her some some good energy and let her know that hey I'm steady and I'm safe for you, yeah. right? So, so
2: guys, that means you gotta resist shame. If you're listening to this or watching this, you gotta resist shame. If there are accusations, if there's anger, if there's frustration, if there's name calling, you've got to resist shame. Just like you said and realize I gotta hold space. So that means you gotta you know do three minutes of deep deep breathing before you walk in the house, or you gotta listen to some kind of meditation on the way home. Keep your eyes open, but you gotta do something <laughs> like that, right? Be prepared because I think that's I think the preparation going into the house like that is super key to holding space. And I'll just speak for my own former Cody Pen itself that, that it, that's going to take some preparation. Some Especially necessary.
1: coming home from work, like you're tired. You're, you know, it's not like you're super excited to go and then be thrown all this heavy emotion. Well,
0: and 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 what you're speaking to actually it, it applies on a broader sense in terms of. Um, you're you just working your recovery so that you can have the, the energy and you can be healthy, healthy enough to love somebody else. Yeah. You know if you got if you've been flirting with the secretary all day and you got all this guilt and you're driving home and you're stressed out and you walk in and your wife's totally shut down, what are your chances of holding space for her?
1: Right yeah, Slim. <laughs>
0: yeah, But, but, like but if, if you've been living an honest life with integrity, and you've been doing your dailies, meaning your life is balanced and yeah. you're healthy, um, and you're holding boundaries at work, you can walk in the door and show up for her. That's right? awesome.
2: Okay, so I walk in the door. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm, I'm zen out. You're coaching me through
0: this. Okay. okay. So I'm you're Zend out. I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're Zend out, and she's let's say she's just in a, in a very emotional state, right? And, uh, and what, I, what I do is I, I take a step back, um, you're not there to fix it, and I just say, "What's going on?" Open up the conversation. What are you? F- so, so that's what you'd say. Yeah. What are you feeling? What are you feeling? Like what's going on? And she'll say, "I'm just angry at you." Uh, your goal is to get her to, to nod her head and say, "Yes, yes, that's what it is," not to not to get her to to fix it. And not to tell her that she's wrong or crazy. Okay. And so...
2: Let me, let, me, let me clarify this point though, because I think this is what you said for me, it's just like like lightning bolts out of my head. What's really important to remember in this, if, if you're the addict listening to this, is is you can't try to fix it. And if you have thoughts to try to fix it, it's only because you were uncomfortable. Yeah. So expect to be uncomfortable and be okay with it. And realize being uncomfortable is not, it's not the
1: same as, I'm gonna die.
0: Right, right. We've yeah. talked about this before, right? Don't show up for yourself in that moment and try to fix it. Show up for her, right?
1: And I'm gonna, that's I'm gonna so add this in. Continuing. Don't say this is betrayal trauma. Oh. I hate uh. when people bring in like that's betrayal trauma. That's addiction. Like that, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, men and women. Yeah.
2: So frill. Like there's nothing but humor and truth in what Brennan what you just said. Don't show up for yourself and try to try to get yourself out of an uncomfortable situation. Lean into what's uncomfortable. Be okay with it because it's not going to kill you. Right. Yep. Okay, so I'm not going to be uncomfortable, or I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to be okay with it. Okay. And just, I, I need you to just say, okay, tell me what's happened.
0: What's going on, right? And she might say, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just am sick and tired of this marriage. I'm sick and tired of being with you. So what she's doing is she's throwing out lines of of attachment that you can actually attach to what she, if I'm saying something like that to you, Kobe, then what am I saying on an emotional level?
2: That that you're on emotional
0: overload. Okay. I'm overwhelmed. Uh Yeah. So she's saying I'm overwhelmed. So if you reflect that back and you say, gosh, you seem overwhelmed. Yeah, I am. You seem, are you really tired? No, I'm not tired right? Don't say that. Don't are, say that. Are, are, you know, says that. <laughs> are you just really sad about where our marriage is at? Yeah. You want her to just say yeah. <clears throat> and as you do that, you're allowing her, she, like you said earlier, Ashlyn, you might not even know why you're triggered or what you're feeling, but when you show up like that and you just hear her and you reflective, listen back and empathize, you're helping her process through her emotions. And so this push and pull that she's giving you, um, that you're actually an asset for her not to do that mm-hmm. because she's trying to push and you're just, you're noticing why she's trying to push. You're not taking it personally.
2: Okay. <clears throat> so let me ask a question on this. If, if I can't, so, so there's some guys, for instance, me, I'm like freeze in those situations, fight, flight or freeze. Mm-hmm. I'll freeze. And so my cognitive function will probably take a, a nosedive <laughs> in that situation. So my question is, is could I, could I simply in that situation, if I can't think to, to kind of reframe what she's saying to me, can I just take responsibility and say, you know what? I, I'm I really screwed up in our marriage and I'm so sorry for what I've caused. Yes and no. Okay, so same more about So it me.
0: depends on your intention and she'll feel it from you. Um, if you just roll over and say, you know what? I'm just a horrible piece of crap husband. You're right. I
2: mean, meaning, and, and that says to me, if I go to victim.
0: And yeah. That,
2: is yeah. That what you're kind of. Yeah. Leadership to go to victim. yeah,
0: Yeah. Because you're not actually that. Right? <laughs> if um If I
2: say I, I really have just caused havoc in this home and I own that. And that's and that's on me.
0: that's good. Yes. There's a difference. I own. You know what? It, you can validate her and say no wife should have to go to a park with her friend and end up feeling the way you felt because of things that I've done, that's not fair to you. And, and, and that's you taking ownership, right? As opposed to, you're right. I'm just horrible. I'll never, I'll never be better. Yeah, that's
2: um, it's like adding shame to the art.
1: Well, and, and flames she's flames, not so most so likely not going to respond to that. Cause it's like, Ugh, this isn't about you. Because, <laughs> because right. What, exactly. What
2: happened when I would take, when I would, when I would play the victim card when you were in shame,
1: exactly I would pull back like just more fighting and never the let's figure out what this is even about it was just like you're playing victim when I'm trying to explain you know these confusing feelings that I'm having this is what and I didn't know a lot of what my triggers were I think that's a huge part of it is figuring out what those things are and I straight up tell Kobe now this makes me feel uncomfortable or I feel like I'm getting a little bit triggered by this.
0: The more self-aware you are, the better chance he has of connecting to you because then you can communicate more clearly.
1: And it all of a sudden squashes that because he knows and we can just hurry and talk about it. Well, tell me more about why is it triggering to you?
0: Right. Right. This is what
1: it makes me feel. And Oh, of course that makes sense. And I'm really sorry. Stop it.
0: Right. Yeah. So, um, you, allow her to process, you reflective listen, you empathize, right? Um, you don't show up as a victim. Um, you take ownership of what's yours. And So here's the thing. A, a spouse in betrayal trauma, their biggest fear is that they're not good enough and that they're going to get rejected or abandoned. And what happens is when they're in a highly emotional state, they're communicating out to you. They're saying, Hey, I need connection. I want somebody to hear me, to validate that I'm important, to validate that what I'm feeling is real. And when you go to a victim state, when you turn the tables, okay. when you shut down, you're you're doing the very thing that they're afraid of. Um, you're, you abandoning them. you're abandoning them That's in serious. their pain. Yeah, you're abandoning them in their pain. And and so what what happens is um, all of that emotion when you abandon them in their pain. It just doubles and triples and snowballs.
2: Does it amplify, if we talk about the drama triangle, which we actually had to do an episode on on the drama triangle? Yeah. But do they they then go, like, they're they're persecuted in that particular moment? Does that just amplify? Or. Because I go to. uh,
0: the The drama will amplify. Or that, or they'll go to a victim themselves, or they'll just go to hopeless, helpless, give up, you know, forget this, and then the relationship is really damaged by that, right? That's so crazy.
2: I can, I mean, I can identify perfectly with
0: that. Now, all I, w- I want to give you, I want to give you a, a, on the flip side of this a little bit, and this is this is high level recovery, you guys, um, guys that that do stuff like this. Um, and when you hear it, you'll understand why. Um, there's the push away. There's the I hate you. And, you know, like, I don't want you to be close to me. I'm angry. I'm disgusted at you. And you can hold space in that moment, right? There's also the the pull you close. And um, that can be done in a very unhealthy, fear-based way. And so what that looks like is is a wife who's experienced betrayal wants to get really close to her husband because she's worried she's going to get abandoned. And so she, she gets really nice. Um, she, she does all his favorite things. She has sex with him. And if you're in a high level of recovery, um, you can pick up on your wife's fear and actually notice that and process that rather than just take advantage of it. And what I mean by that is, you know, she wants to have sex and you feel like it's fear-based and, And she's just doing it to try to feel safe. To stop her and say, "Hey, let's check in first. Like, where are we? Where are you? I'm sensing you're feeling this way or that way. Or rather than just going along with her, her pull, Mm -hmm. her her pulling you in in an unhealthy way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's interesting.
1: No, I don't. No, it was. I mean, it's good information for me, but um, I think. And I was thinking this when you're saying that. um, I've had a lot of. The, I mean, this is what something I felt myself and a lot of women reach out and say is that, okay, I'm in that weird spot where I love you and I hate you. And I want to connect and I want to be intimate and I want to have sex. But then if I do, does that mean I've forgiven him? What, you yeah. know, they're so afraid. I'm
0: so you glad you brought that up. Get a lot of that, totally. Yeah. I uh, want that
2: to, oh, it's okay now. Right. I'll so get, what's that? <laughs> I'll get
0: the question a lot, like, Brandon, am I crazy? Am I crazy that I want him? That Totally. I want him to be, like, what am I doing? And, um, and you know what? It's, you're not crazy. And you're not crazy to want connection. And it's okay to have these feelings of both anger and love at the same time. And so um, allow yourself to feel whatever you feel. Uh, you want to stay true to yourself and not act out of these emotions in a way that's going to create destruction. Uh, and so you regulate those emotions. But it's okay that you're feeling whatever you're feeling. So did that answer the question? I it's think
1: kinda. so. I mean, I, do, I don't think it it opens up that you've been forgiven and now we're good. Um, and I think that's what most women are afraid of. If
0: you give your husband a hug the day after he betrayed you, you um, might be doing it out of fear. And it doesn't mean that it's all good and it's all forgiven. Um, and so that, th- what you're describing, Ashlyn, is, um, is, is a, it's a form of control. Yeah. It's I want to control whether or not he thinks I've forgiven him or not. Okay. And so if I want to have sex with him and we, we, we have sex, then, oh my gosh, he must think this and I want to control the way that he thinks. As opposed to, oh my gosh, like I felt connected to him. I felt safe enough. We did it, and that's that, right? And he can go deal with whatever he thinks about that on his own rather than me try to control whether or the not. The
1: codependent. And, and,
0: and forgiveness is interesting, too, and we could do a whole episode on this. Um, you don't want him to feel like he's been forgiven at times. Why?
1: Because you're usually not. Yeah. <laughs> you're still working through it, right? No, I don't know. <laughs>
0: well, if, if you can hang on to not forgiving him, Ashlyn, if 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 the betrayed can hang on to not forgiving him, and so when you're doing this pull him close thing and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do that because I want him to know how horrible he is.
1: Like, don't forget.
0: Um, yeah, don't forget because you still need to learn. There's still these consequences, yeah. right?
1: I'm sure and, I had that.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And, and normal, I don't cast judgment on that, but yeah, for sure, absolutely.
0: Right. And, and really, the forgiveness has nothing to do with controlling him. It, it has everything to do with just what's going on in your own heart, right? Can
2: I identify like, a, an area of conflict, I think, that perhaps, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak for for you as the, as the betrayed, and I want you to push back on this permission to push back, and, uh, both of you. But um, I, I know for, I'll speak for myself, and, and I'll speak actually for most addicts who are actively working recovery. There is by a lion's share, there's far more good in them day to day than there is. I mean, there's far their actions and their thoughts demonstrate uh, th- their heart and their real desire to do and be good. So I would say the average guy's probably maybe three to five percent, three to six percent acting out on addiction on average day to day or through the week. And and that means that ninety-five to ninety-three percent of them is actually engaged in just really healthy. behavior because they they want to heal.
1: That's exactly what I was thinking. that's why there's this pull of like... But they're so good.
2: good (laughs) And I I love that in you. And we have history of really great moments. And I love that. And I want that. I want that part of you. I don't want this like 5% to 7%.
1: But that that little teeny sliver can wreck. It it feels like it's wrecked all of it. You know, but like you're saying you pull back and you're that birds eye view and it's like okay yeah. we can get through that that sliver because there's 95% of you that I love and it's that you,
0: you know when you when when we all get into a marriage or in a, into a relationship we do it because um, we feel safe with the, the other person and we feel like they they uh, were important to them and they validate us and and when um, when the reality of when the fear of abandonment becomes the reality of abandonment, um, it flips the relationship on its head. And what it does is it, it this thing in your life that's supposed to be the source of safety and love and, and just feeling good about who you are, all of a sudden becomes a source of pain and destruction and an unrest in your life. And, um, and so this, it doesn't take away that you still fell in love with this person who, who is a good person, right? Then all of a sudden the betrayals happened and it seems like everything about that relationship now represents hurt and pain. Mm-hmm. And the, the addict himself, is he his addiction? No, he's made mistakes, right? And th- the percentage of what he does, um, it doesn't mean that he's a horrible, terrible, awful person because of what he did. Um, however, to the betrayed, what it means is what he, he is now capable, I know he's now capable of hurting me to a level that I've never felt before. And so, although he still is a good man, and, and most wives that I work with, if I asked them, if, or if I say something to them, like, you know what, you married a good man. They'll nod their head and they'll say, yeah, I know. I know that. And I'll say, he is a good man deep down, but he's, he's, he's wallowing in his shame and his addiction. And they'll say, I know that. So the
2: abandonment, is that why you're saying that that five percent can be so destructive because it turns because the implications are that it turns the entire relationship on its head and there isn't safety and as much as there's 95 percent of the guy that we love there's no safety
0: right and, and and oftentimes the addict will say like you know me you like why do you hate me now why won't you you know why won't you be this way or that way and to the spouse it's hard to be because she's she's in protection mode. She's saying this 5%, even though 95% of you is is great, mm-hmm. that 5% is is capable of really, really hurting me. And so it's confusing to her because she wants the goodness of who he is. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Especially if the guy's like extroverted and uh, loved and, and appreciated and liked in social circles, successful at work, And I mean, that was... Are you describing yourself, Kobe? I am pretty sure that's Kobe. But but for me, I totally was. And I was very good at setting an expectation for people around me to think a certain way about me. And I'm sure that like pissed you off. Oh, like to no one,
1: Because everyone said, Kobe's so perfect. And I was like, yep, I love him.
0: That is so (laughs) common. Like for the the wife to feel so alone in her pain because... People are like
2: giving praise to the, the douche that just betrayed her.
0: Yeah, yeah. Who's a great guy? Totally. Right? But also a total But just Stop betrayed his <laughs> But just betrayed his wife. I, I, I right. Completely. Yeah. So. And
2: it's so complex. So we know what a guy, you, you've listed some things that a guy can actually say and what he can do in that moment when the, when, when the betrayed is just, is, is triggered emotionally or situationally. Anything that, that the, that the betrayed can do.
0: Yeah. So Ashlyn mentioned one already. Um, get more clear with, Knowing what your Be mindful with your bound. Uh, get more clear with um, your triggers. Okay. Um, and learn some emotion regulation skills so that you can deal with your emotions, so that you can communicate clearly and more effectively rather than just act out in your anger, right? Um, what
2: would that look like, from like a, literally from like a prescriptive sentence?
0: Um, well, it would be... It would be like, you notice that you're going crazy. You know, he's coming home from work. So what do I need to do for my self-care right now? Because I recognize I'm in fear.
1: That's exactly. And you actually responded that way with one of the gals in our betrayal groups this week who was struggling and they were in that moment. I'm going to, I'm going to come apart. And Kobe's first response is, have you done your dailies? No. Okay. Right. Go work out. Like, there,
0: you, there you go. Have you done your self-care right. that, so that so that you're not just exploding, right?
2: And hijacked entirely at right. this moment. I mean, it's possible even when you do at least to be hijacked. Totally. To be short. Sure. The severity of it can depend on if you've
1: taken care of yourself or not. But sure. it can sure help you, you know, get in tune with yourself. Have more clarity in, in the mind.
0: And another, another thing that's really important is to have support. So. You know, maybe he's coming home in 20 minutes. Call your support person and just say, "Oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. I'm gonna just unload on him. Help me see what's reality here, awesome. and just just let me vent a little bit before I talk to him."
1: And you don't need to fix it. Yeah, don't <laughs> maybe preface it with that. Well,
0: and that's what a good that's what a good support person will do is not fix it, right? right? But just allow you to process it enough so that you can communicate effectively, that's so great. right? Um,
1: um, the only thing I wanted to add if, was to refer to our last um, episode talking about sex. I think it was two episodes ago um, uh-huh. because I think it would go hand in hand with this. It's that confusing, um, I love you, I hate you, and the sex fast.
0: Yes, yes, that does. And another episode that, that goes right with this, we did a long time ago, but it was how to create safety with her. And a, a lot of a lot of those skills are in there to help you do that. Um, but I like to add, just if if I were um, trying to rebuild trust after betrayal, um, I would I would go master uh, reflective listening and empathy. I would just learn everything I could about it. Um, I I'd, I'd practice it and I'd do it over and over learn again.
2: How to take ownership and responsibility in a way that stays far from playing a victim and saying "What was me?"
0: Yes.
1: Yes, exactly. Great advice. I yeah. wish I had that advice years ago. Oh. I,
2: think we, I, think we, I wish we would have had all of our advice. <laughs> <laughs> if only your future self fact? could have taught you. <laughs> right, that totally, totally so, guys, there's been some seriously good content here today. And remember this, too, that there are people who may not have your own story of betrayal and sex addiction. That,
1: or you that may can, not share our same story.
2: Yeah, or you may not share our story. There's people who experience betrayal on, in many ways in life, who can learn just simply from these basic skills. Yep. So um, share this because you never know who could really, really benefit from learning just a couple of skills that we
0: So I've had a few family members and stuff listening to the podcast, and and yeah, I <laughs> you know, they, I, I go to family dinners and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, the experts here." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but um, some interesting feedback that I, I consistently get is like, "Oh my gosh, that's good for my marriage." Totally, like, I love your guys' podcast because it's really helpful. So yeah. there's
2: an application across the board whether you share a story or not. So
1: absolutely, um, we can all work on our marriage. For sure. Absolutely,
2: guys, being you.